Today's Plugged In podcast is sponsored by Volvo Cars Canada. The Volvo XC40 Recharge is Volvo's first pure electric SUV. It's a powerful drive with no tailpipe emissions featuring more than 400 horsepower and up to 335 kilometers on a single charge. And the integrated Google OS will always keep you fully connected, even without your phone. It truly is an SUV designed for the city and the rest of the planet. Visit volvocars.ca to learn more. Welcome to Season 4 of Plugged In, a post-media podcast taking you down Canada's electric vehicle highway. I'm your host, Andrew McCready. Great to be back in the podcast chair, particularly as this season we've expanded to 20 episodes over the next 20 weeks. As with the first three seasons, we've arranged a wide range of interview subjects and topics relevant to electric vehicles that I know will engage, educate, and hopefully entertain you. The year 2021 will go down in history for many things, most notably and most hopefully as the year the world wrestled COVID-19 to the ground. It might very well also be remembered as the year electric vehicles gained a significant toehold in the Canadian marketplace. Not so much in terms of overall sales, but in the hearts and minds of would-be car buyers. A recent KPMG survey found an average of 68% of Canadian respondents said an EV or hybrid vehicle would be in their new vehicle future in the next five years. Not surprisingly, three-quarters of those surveyed from BC and Quebec said this was the case. But it was a bit surprising and heartening that over half from Alberta and the Atlantic provinces said the same. Cause for optimism is also buoyed by the fact there are quite a number of all-new EVs either on sale now or coming to Canadian showrooms in the coming months. To talk about some of these, I'm pleased to welcome back to the show Ken Bacor, the Toronto-based host of the EV Revolution show on YouTube and one of the country's leading experts on electric vehicles. Well, it's great to kick off a new season, and it's uh, great to kick it off with uh, one of our favorites here at Plugged In, uh, Ken Bacor from Toronto. How are you doing, Ken? I'm great, Andrew, and yourself? Okay, hanging in there, hanging in there. Things are okay. Always a pleasure to be back. I'm like a boomerang. I keep coming back now. Well, you always uh, you always deliver, so uh, <laughs> Thank we're, you. We're no pressure, but... Um, I mean, one thing we always talk to you about is is kind of the new vehicles coming, the new EVs. And um, the last last couple of months, there's just been a flurry of activity, a lot of reveals, as they're called. Um, uh, we're not really getting out to drive these vehicles because they're not quite here yet. But, um, you know, this week alone, or last week alone, there was uh, the Volvo uh, C40 and the Audi e-tron um, Q4. Q4, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bolt before that. So, um, I mean, what have you been following? What what's kind of what vehicles have you really been uh, thinking? Okay, now we're really onto something. Yeah, you know, I think um, when you start to see the big, the main OEMs jump into the game, put a lot of marketing. I mean, Super Bowl with GM, you know, the Hummer release and the announcement there, and, and all the Super Bowl ads. I mean, these are these are the kind of things that. Uh, automakers don't necessarily spend millions and millions of dollars on unless they're serious. So when you start seeing the big OEMs really advertising almost daily now on TV, I'm seeing an ad for an EV, which to me shows that the times are changing. Right, for sure. I think that's something we've talked about before is a lot of these ads were very kind of high-minded, you know, uh, green fields with windmills talking about their sustainability. But now we're actually seeing, you know, the uh, the actual vehicles being 
advertised, which I think is something. It kind of speaks also also to the fact that um, the inventories are going to pick up. Um, this has always been a problem where supply has been an issue. Uh, famously, the the e-golf was one that everybody wanted or people wanted. A year waiting list, two year waiting list. So you just gave up. Even some of the more popular ones. I mean, apart from the Chevrolet Bolt in the last few years, there were no EVs in dealerships to to test drive, to sit in or anything. So it was a tough sell. Whereas now it seems um, demand is going to be the big story, not so much supply. Yeah, absolutely correct. You know, with with areas of the world uh, softening with the pandemic and manufacturing spinning up, more plants going online, things heating up. I think we will see a good amount of inventory this year on a lot of the vehicles that we're going to talk about. I mean, I was talking to somebody just about a week ago about they were asking me, you know, what what EVs are are in Canada that qualify for the federal rebate, and you know, it, it's ten models that alone that just qualify for the federal. But beyond that, there's another dozen or so models that you can buy. So you know, only two, three, four years ago, we, we weren't able to say that, you know, that there were that many models available for Canadian consumers to look at. And that that choice, as you mentioned, is going to continue to grow year after year as we get these new announcements coming. Yes. And, and, and you know, in terms of the rebate, rebates, it was it was announced recently, Nova Scotia has now jumped in um, with a $3,000 rebate uh, on a new on a new EV up to 55,000. So that's uh that's interesting news on the on the East Coast. So let's talk about some of these vehicles. What uh, start start listing off some of the new ones that people should look out for? For sure. Well, I'm pretty excited about the Chevy Bolt uh, EUV that just was announced. Uh, you know, the Bolt EV has done okay for Chevy. They haven't you know pushed a ton of them, but it's been a, a good, reliable vehicle. And when I talk to owners, they're really happy with it. But there are improvements that could be made, and it seems like they put that into the EUV. It's a little bigger. Uh, body. It's more of a compact SUV. And as you and I keep saying almost every show, we know that the SUV and pickup truck, of course, markets are hot, 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 uh, not just here in Canada, but in most parts of the world. So, you know, anything that, that has an SUV style is going to get attention. It looks nice. It's got more room. Now, it's still based on the same, uh, you know, existing generation platform that the Bolt is on. Uh, it's not on the Ultium pack, but, you know, you get good charging range, um, you know, through high 300s, 400 into the 400 kilometer range with a nice, comfortable vehicle, decent, fast charging. And it'll be a great all purpose vehicle for people that are looking to make that first step. And, and certainly the pricing was... Um surprising i thought anyway yeah i think oems need to start i mean i keep talking about cost parity till i'm blue in the face and uh i keep waiting for it to happen and they're slowly the prices are starting to creep down um you know i know in the u.s i haven't seen canadian price now you might be able to shed some light on that but what i've found on the u.s is you know the lt trim is going to start on that at around just under thirty-four thousand u.s so i would expect that we're going to be in the low 40s here in canada Yep. So the base price, I do have the Canadian pricing um, just on the base one, and it's forty thousand one hundred ninety-eight dollars. Okay, great. So, so I mean, so again, easily, yeah. easily the threshold for the rebate. So, I mean, that is a really enticing vehicle. For sure. So you're at you know forty-two thousand less five grand. You know, uh, after taxes, of course, uh, that's a compelling vehicle. How are you getting into something that people I think will will take more attention to? Uh, of course, uh, you know, Ford's Mustang Mach-E has got a lot of attention. Uh, over the months. We've talked about it, I believe, before. I know you've talked about it. And that's an exciting vehicle. Lots of, of different trim levels for the Mustang. I think there's four or five different trim levels that are coming out. 
Um, all the reviews that I've seen, now you, you might have, uh, might have ha had access to one. I haven't yet, but all the driving reviews I'm seeing, people are very happy with the vehicle. It drives like a Mustang. It gives you that feel without all the noise. Um, and knowing that you're, you're, or you're on pure electric and not burning any fuel to uh, move around. I think its its uh, reputation has preceded it in Canada because I was sp speaking with someone from Ford Canada the other day, and they said their all their pre sales for the launch edition um, are taken. So um, that uh, you know they wouldn't you know as as they always play these kind of numbers close to their chest, they wouldn't tell me how much or how many that was, but they're they're sold out essentially of the launch edition. So it shows you there's a there's a demand for that vehicle. Certainly is a demand for that. And now one thing that I, uh, Ford hasn't done yet is priced it so that it would qualify for the federal rebate at least. It does not because the base MSRP starts at just over 50000 So that puts it out into the qualification. However, again, you're getting a CUV type vehicle, more roominess, a nice handling uh, machine with, again, good range specs uh, into the 400 kilometer range easily, uh, decent fast charging and a lot of nice uh, tech assist with that as well. Hyundai has been, you know, I think they're a quiet player almost in the EV world in Canada, but uh, people might be surprised to know they, they're they the second place seller of EVs in Canada behind uh, Tesla. Um, of course, they've had the Kona EV and the Soul EV, but they've just recently, a couple of weeks ago, um, added a new one called the Ionic 5 to their their quiver. Oh, I I'm sorry. They also have the Ionic EV, which has been around for a couple of years. So tell us about the Ionic 5. Yeah, you know, I, I'm super stoked about that. That's kind of my uh, my term for the, some of these new EVs. Just my last show, I talked about it. Uh, I think that they've nailed it with this model. It's it, it's more of a CUV vehicle. Again, that hatchback design, a little more room. Uh, but it's a total. It's based on their totally new uh, eGMP platform. So this is not an existing vehicle like what you mentioned before. The Soul, the uh, uh, sorry, the Ionic, and and some of the other Hyundai's that are out there already. Their existing platforms that have been electrified, and they're good, by the way. But this uh, this one is is totally ground up as an uh, built as an electric vehicle. Um, good specs. It's got all kinds of. Uh, one thing that really impressed me with this is the interior roominess and. The design of the center console being to move, being able to move, slide up and down, um, and from a passenger roominess perspective, this thing looks like a, a first-class cabin in an airline. If you've seen some of the pictures, yeah, which is the promise um, these these as you say these architectures these these EV platforms allow because it's a it's a, a flat floor. Um, I think also what it, I, I'm like you, I think this is a really exciting vehicle because it it demonstrates what these platforms can do um you know the wheelbase of this thing it's it's a it's a compact crossover but the wheelbase of it is as long as their uh their palisade their their giant suv so it kind of shows you that that this kind of idea of a platform um the 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 ability to put all kinds of bodies on that is going to be really interesting and cost effective um and also i think what's really cool is that it you know with this vehicle you're allowed to either get front wheel drive, all wheel drive, small battery, big battery. So, you know, there's there's a whole range of things for people, whereas the Bolt EUV, which I think is a great vehicle too, only comes uh, front wheel drive. But again, that's to keep the cost down. So I, I, I get that. I know there was some grumbling by some of the press that it wasn't available in all wheel drive. But uh, again, when you add more batteries and um, two more or another motor to drive another axle, you're adding to the cost. So I think 
in Chevy's case, they really kept it down. But Hyundai is kind of allowing people to, if they want to spend a little more, to get an even more adaptable vehicle. Oh, those press people, they like to grumble. Uh, yes. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. That extended, the extended wheelbase makes a huge difference. And again, it's going back to the skateboard platform that, you know, Tesla patented way back when that everything is kind of following and built on. So it gives it that ability. You know, this comes in both a 58 kilowatt hour and just under 60, uh, sorry, 72, 73 kilowatt hour battery pack. So you get ranges, you know, anywhere from uh, the high 300s to the mid to high 400s. I wouldn't even be, be surprised to see a single motor large battery pack get over 500 kilometers. And now you're into Model 3 long range territory with those kind of numbers. Kind of, you know, talking about the vehicles that don't qualify, as you mentioned, the Ford Mustang doesn't qualify for the rebate. There's been a few others that have come on recently. Uh, the Polestar 2, uh, the Volvo offshoot company, the all-electric company. Really, I, I drove it for a week. It was a fantastic car. It's probably going to be about, I think, well, you can buy it now. It's out there. It's 65000 Canadian it starts at. Um, but sixty nine really... nine, I think sixty nine nine. Okay, have you have you driven one yet? I have not. I've just been to the kickoff uh, when they had their Toronto uh, launch a uh, year or so ago. I haven't even been to the to the uh, new store that they've opened up because of the COVID restrictions here, so we haven't been allowed. But I'm on the I'm anticipated on the waiting list. Uh, it, it's a cool car, you know. It really has that. Um, that Volvo inspired uh, cockpit feel to it. I don't know if you found that when you drove it, but you know, it kind of wraps, everything wraps around you. You feel like a fighter pilot almost in this thing as it moves. Um, I, I've seen from reviews and specs that the handling is excellent. It's got good battery performance. Um, again, it's going after the, the higher end marketplace, you know, the Teslas of the world and, and even into the Jaguar space, uh, trying to capture some of that momentum and look. Another, another vehicle kind of, priced a little lower than that but still kind of in the luxury crossover is the volvo xc40 recharge which is a a, a, fa a a fantastic looking vehicle and as you say in the inside it's got that kind of swedish minimalism that uh really appeals to a lot of people yeah you know one of the things about the volvo products and a lot of the europeans is the build quality and you see that in these kind of vehicles you know the door closes with a nice thunk and you see uh, all the all the well use of materials and designs and colors um, and and they've taken a really successful platform in their XC40 and electrified it in the recharge. I believe it it's coming in at around the sixty-seven, sixty-eight thousand dollar Canadian range, plus or minus a little bit. Um, a, a nice, again, good, not a, not a big SUV. You know, more like a compact, probably maybe even towards a midsize SUV, uh, with decent performance um, in, in in everything that it does. Uh, and um, I think it's going to sell well, but. I think the price point's going to limit potentially how well it could sell. Right. This is always the question with the rebates, isn't it? We kind of are used to the ones that sell well, the ones, I mean, famously the Tesla um, Model 3 has done so well. And, and a lot of that has to do with the rebate program. Um, yesterday or last week, the Volvo C40 recharge, the, the second in Volvo's um, rather ambitious EV stable was was released or revealed anyway. Um, it's probably going to be here in the spring of 2022. Um, it's the first EV built from the ground up by Volvo. And um, it's kind of, it, the front end looks just like the EC40 recharge. Uh, the back end's kind of more swoopy. It almost has a Polestar 2 um, yeah, silhouette like to a it. A fastback kind of thing. Fastback, right? right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that one is is one that probably the pricing will be, I would guess, 55. Um, but again, it's kind of uh, pointing the direction where these vehicles are going. And um, 
starting to, as you say, these these high build quality cars. Um, the Germans, let's talk about uh, the, the the Volkswagen ID. Four. I mean, we've been seems like at auto shows when we used to go to those. Those things they've been talking about that one for years, but it actually sounds like it's coming here, and they've actually put a price out Canadian for forty five thousand on this one. Oh, so you've seen the pricing before I have, because I just got the email on the American pricing, which was at thirty nine nine. So good to see. So is that is that forty five? Is it just under forty five, or is it just under forty five? Is what I ah. Uh, so they're doing the federal rebate game. Excellent, we love it. So that means to to the listeners that 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 the base unit will qualify for the federal rebate, and any trim that has an MSRP up to fifty four thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Anything within that up until that margin will qualify for the five thousand dollar federal rebate. I'm again, I'm super stoked about the ID four. I think Volkswagen has taken the right direction. I mean, they're marketing. They've been huge on marketing. They're all in on electrification. They're going to totally electrify everything this decade, to my understanding. They really want. They're really changing their direction of the entire company. And the ID four, I think, is is the flagship product to do that for them to help them start that that move. They've had the ID3 out in Europe now for a bit. It's been successful, very successful for them. But the ID4 is that sweet spot, you know, compact, midsize SUV, a couple of different battery pack ranges. And for the listeners, you know, when we're, most of the battery packs now are coming anywhere from the mid to high 50s to the, you know, 70, 75, 80, kind of that range of kilowatt hours. And the important number to remember is the bigger the number, the longer the range. And I think automakers uh, know that buyers want something like 350 you know to 450 to 500 kilometer ranges that's kind of be going to be the new normal now and sweet spot depending on the price point um, you know of course rear wheel drive options all wheel drive options uh, in the id4 a very comfortable uh, again vehicle and from all the reviews and and uh, uh, articles that have been written so far about it everybody is is really praising this vehicle i know that I, vw had some initial software issues but again like any new product there's always going to be some growing pains i think they fleshed all that out something else that's kind of new to the space um i believe nissan had it a couple of years ago but they didn't really talk about it much with the leaf i mean they did initially but this is this idea of a dual charging uh plug so i know the chevrolet bolt ev and the bolt euv have it the volvo xc40 recharge has it and essentially what that means is um you can plug into, you know, the old three prong thing at 120 volts, but there's an adapter that you can then plug into a 240 volt socket, which, you know, I mean, people think of when you think of a dryer or a washer, a clothes washer, clothes dryer, that eliminates the need for a charger installation at your home if you had a 240 plug installed in your garage or carport. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, most uh, before we were really pushing home chargers or talking to people about them, we were saying like, you know, if you, if you have a dryer plug or a stove type plug, you can you can use your charger for that and get overnight charging just with something like that. And there was a short time where here in Ontario, at least the building code was requiring uh, builders to put in um, a, a dryer type plug into garages for a while. Now, I believe they've removed that from the code, but those are instances where, you know, basically the plugs that come with the vehicles now, uh, the chargers uh, will just, uh, or the plug, they are plugs basically, because the charger is built into the car, uh, will just uh, connect to this uh, wall outlet and then you you get love, nice level two charging for overnight. Yeah, I think that, I mean, overnight it's, it's a 240 charge. It's a level two charge, right? So, I mean, I think, I think the Bolt, they were saying um, up to 80% of charge in four hours. So... 
that that to me is a, is it's one less impediment for people to think where am i going to put a charger um how am i going to get installed do i need to change my fuse box all these questions it seems like the technology is kind of starting to adapt to that that's one thing. One thing you you mentioned, you jogged my memory, is on the Ionic Five. It's a, probably a little bit of a marketing spin, of course, but they've had this. Uh, they were talking about taking it camping because you can actually plug um, uh, uh, items into it. You want to take a uh, you know stovetop range uh, that's electric, or you want to take a stereo system or a big screen TV out to the middle of the woods. You can plug it into your car basically, and and you you use electric appliances from the vehicle, uh, which I thought was kind of a neat neat thing to to target people that are looking at particular different use cases for the vehicle rather than just driving to work back and forth. Yeah. And I like the one also, they mentioned that you could charge your e-bike e on it. That's you know, right. You could plug your e-bike yeah, in and charge point. up the battery on that. So uh, yeah, there's the, the evolution now is coming with all these kind of um, offshoots of, of how you can use these batteries. You know, you talked about the fact that uh, Volkswagen is committed to to an EV fleet. Um, everybody's committing to that. I mean, uh, Volvo's saying by 2025, 50% of their vehicles, 100% by 2030. Jaguar made a big announcement recently. Um, by 2025, all their vehicles are going to be EVs. So that's going to be interesting. We're That's going to have to switch over in the next three, three, four years. Yeah, it's going to have to be fast for them. I mean, they are a premium brand. They're a luxury brand. They don't have a ton of models, but I know for a fact I've got some connections over in the UK close to that source that they've been doing a lot of work on the battery development side and integration into existing and future models. And I think they've already done a lot of that pre-work that you and I would think that, that need to be done in order for them to make the change as quick as they, they are now announcing. So I think they're, they are committed and I fully believe that they'll be able to do that by 2025. Right, I believe they've already broken ground on a big battery factory in England, which is, uh, which is big news for them. So that's obviously a space they're, they're going for. Um, let's talk about Tesla. I mean, it's it's almost overlooked sometimes because they're just kind of there. Right. Um, they've they they still have their three models. Um, I'm I'm not mm -hmm. holding my breath for the Cybertruck. Don't. What are you hearing about this them? Year. No. Are well, you are you just thinking that they're going to run along with the the X, the the S, and the the three, and the yeah, Y? I guess four four yeah. models. I think so. I mean, they're all about, you know, taking the money that they make in profitability and, re, you know, repurposing it back into the company to be to gain efficiencies, to gain manufacturing uh, speeds and feeds, opening opening new plants. You know, they've got Giga Berlin well underway. It should open this summer or spring. They've got the Austin, Texas plant well underway in construction where Cybertruck will be uh, will be manufactured. I don't know if that it will be open this year, but they are planning for it. So they've been they've been making a lot of strides to increase production output. I believe Elon has stated he wants to get to you know producing a million EVs within the next couple of years. They hit the five hundred thousand mark last year. They should be able to do that. So you know, in order to do that, it's hard to come out with five or six new models while you're trying to grow the business in that capacity. So refine what you have. They're doing refreshes now. They've come out with a Model S refresh uh, and an X, I believe. Um, they're the plate edition of the S, which is a phenomenal beast of a, of a vehicle. Um, and, you know, the Y has been solidified now as, as a vehicle that's really starting to, to gain uptake. And of course, uh, not just here in Canada, but in other parts of the world like China, uh, the, you know, Tesla is doing really well in that country and they will continue to, to pour money into the international scene to be able to continue to grow their product line globally. One thing, one of the knocks against Tesla 
from from let's say more more how should I say mainstream automotive journalists over the years has been their build quality. You know the the sense that you know oh once the BMWs and the Mercedes and the Audis and the you know the the Volkswagens of the world get in on this um, as you kind of alluded to with the Volvo the build quality hundred years of building cars these guys know how to build cars. Yes. Once they catch up with the electrical side of things, game over for Tesla. What do you, what do you say to that? Yeah, you know, Tesla's, I think they're a bit of a hit and miss. They've come a long way. There's no doubt about that. Um, but, you know, their their mantra has always been that they're, they're competing as a luxury car brand. And, you know, you and I and a lot of listeners know that if you say luxury car, then there's an expectation that goes along with that as far as fit, finish and quality not and performance and and i think there's no arguing that the tesla's uh, tesla vehicles perform but there has been some hit and misses when it comes to quality and fit and finish i think they've come a long way i mean i'm, I'm a living example where I, I got my model 3 in september of last year and i've had really no quality issues with it i had a little bit of wind noise and took it a, a really easy service appointment to book went in spent 45 minutes reading a magazine while they reset the window and it's done i mean so maybe I'm, I'm uh, uh, you know, not the common experience, but from what I'm reading, I am. They've come a long way in that quality, and I believe they're, they're getting much better. And, and they've refined the Model 3, um, putting new accents interior-wise and some exterior changes. So I think they're listening to their user, to the, the public, and they're, they want to continue to make their vehicles attractive. And they know that to get somebody that's been driving a 3-series Beamer... Uh, for, or in a five series for many years to get them to switch, they have to step it up. Okay. Um, well, time has flown as it usually does with you. Last question for you. Yeah. So we've talked about all these cars. You're, you're excited about them. Which one of them are you most looking forward to driving? Well, I mean, we didn't talk about the Nissan Aria, but if it comes okay. out, um, that's going to be one because I'm really stoked about the style and the design on that. Um, but I have to say, I'm, 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 I'm really looking forward to getting behind the wheel of the Mustang. Um, I'm excited about that. Um, more so from a performance standpoint, I think in the package and the monetary amounts that you're paying for that, I think you're going to get a really nice vehicle that's going to handle all as aspects of driving very well and still give you good, reliable battery range. All right. Well, uh, we look forward to catching up with you soon uh, again. We'll uh, have to because there's more stuff coming. So, Oh, it, it never ends, it seems. But that's that'll sure. keep us in business. So that's good. Great. Okay, Ken. Well, thanks for joining us. And thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. Over the course of the two years that I've been hosting Plugged In, we've talked about many of those new EVs Ken and I touched upon today. To see that they are now in Canadian dealerships, or are coming very soon, just underscores the commitment automakers have to EV technology. Up until now, the question of EV adoption has revolved around supply. But with these new models, and many more coming in the next year or two, that switches over to demand. The automakers have built them. Will the buyers come? It will be fascinating to see how it unfolds. That's it for this episode. Thanks to my guest, Ken Bacor, producer extraordinaire, Darm McWana, and you for joining me on another electrifying journey down the EV highway. Be sure to check out Ken's great YouTube channel, The EV Revolution Show. His most recent episodes cover the Hyundai Ionic 5 and China's role in global electric vehicle adoption. We always welcome your comments and criticisms via email at pluggedin at postmedia.com. For your dose of all things automotive, including more information on new EVs in Canada, 
Be sure to check out driving.ca, where you'll find the best in breaking news, videos, and reviews. You'll also be able to access a new series of virtual auto events called Driving into the Future, being held throughout March. By registering, you can listen and engage with a virtual panel of leading figures in the Canadian and global automotive and energy sectors. Visit events.driving.ca to sign up for free. And be sure to subscribe to Plugged In wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. That way you'll never miss an episode and you'll also be able to listen. And be sure to subscribe to Plugged In wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. That way you'll never miss an episode and you'll also be able to listen to all the episodes from Seasons 1, 2, and 3.